You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the advantages of PSP technology. Our guest is Dr. Juan Yepes, a dentist and physician with an extensive educational and teaching background nationally and internationally. Dr. Yepes is an associate professor in the Department of Pediatric Dentistry at Indiana University School of Dentistry in Indianapolis, Indiana. His research and teaching interests are in the area of oral medicine, oral radiology, and oral pathology in children. He's done some excellent podcasts in the past. We have one recent one that he did on the diagnostic image size when he made a comparison between PSP and sensor technologies. And then his first one really was very, very interesting. It was a talk about the transition from film to hard sensor to PSP technology and what he learned as he made these transitions and actually why he's very, very happy with his current technology, which is phosphor plates. Dr. Yepes, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Phil, thank you so much. I love to be here. Keep inviting me. You are really an excellent guest for a podcast. You're full of enthusiasm. (laughs) You come up with some really, really smart, insightful thoughts that really apply to the practitioner out there. And I'm, I'm positive that our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So my first question is, since you have introduced PSP technology into your practice, um, do you feel that this imaging system is basically inclusive to your entire patient population? Yes, absolutely. You know, obviously, I work with children and I work with some adults, but no question that can be extrapolated to the entire patient population without any issues. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so, um, and you made that change from sensor to PSP, and you covered a lot of the advantages in some of your other podcasts, but do you feel your patients and staff appreciate the benefit of the flexibility of your system that you're currently using? I believe you're you're using ScanX versus the, the stiffer sensor that's wired. Tell us about that difference. And since you've used both, and you're also very much into academics. You you teach and you travel around the world and you've, you've seen a lot of different types of practices. What is the patient saying about the two systems from their standpoint? Yeah, remember, Phil, that we we use conventional films for many, many, many years. We learn how to place the conventional films in the mouth. We master the technique to take good bite wins because remember, Phil, at the end, we need to keep in mind why we take radiographs. We take radiographs because we have a diagnostic task. We want to obtain something. So I was the director of radiology at the University of Kentucky for 10 years, and we did conventional films for 10 years. And I remember the chemicals and the dark room and all these issues that were around conventional films. So uh, phosphoroplates is pretty much the same in terms of the size of the film in terms of the flexibility, in terms of how comfortable it's for the patient. So for the patients, it's actually very interesting when you use phosphoroplates because they think that you are using conventional films. They think that this is no difference with the system that they used to see in a dental office. But they really get shocked when they see that we put these phosphoroplates in a machine. We know that machine what it's going to do, but patients, they don't. And parents, they don't. And then after a few minutes, Here we go. They can see the image over the screen of the computer. So for the patients, it's even difficult to see the difference, except once we play the phosphoroplates in the processing machine. They are expecting that we will go into the dark room and processing that, but we don't do that anymore. Patients, they really please when you use a system that 
it's easy to place in the mouth when you use a system that is going to minimize the retakes. Absolutely comfortable, absolutely less retakes, and patients really appreciate that. Yeah, so the big thing is really the comfort factor from the standpoint of the patient, but that's the, that's pretty much the case with anything that's done in the dental office. If the patient is comfortable, uh, that's what they want. You know, they want to get in and out of the office as fast as possible. Not only is it the comfort factor, but also you mentioned that the retakes are so far and few between, and you gave some great reasons for why that is in your previous podcast. And with less retakes, they're out of the chair faster, and they've got yes. to appreciate that. Yes, Phil, and and there is also one more interesting issue that so far we didn't talk in the previous podcast, and I think so. This is a good time to mention this. Digital sensors they require a cable. Period. That's a cable from the sensor to the computer. So. When you are using the sensors, and remember, I mentioned to you before, I still have a sensor in my office, and I use it about 5 to 10% of the time. So when I use the sensor and when I see my assistant using the sensor, I look at that cable as, oh, please, don't bite in that cable. Please, be careful with that cable. Please, don't let this sensor to drop on the floor. Please don't bend the cable. I mean, all these issues are in my mind because I know that if something happened with the sensor, something happened with the cable, you know, it's an expensive repair. It's something that, you know, I will need to go and buy a new one or repair or whatever. So not just only comfort for the patient, it's also comfortable for the practitioner when you don't see that cable coming out of the mouth and a patient trying to bend that and an assistant trying to bend it. And especially we, pediatric dentists working with children, sometimes kids, they like to bite. They like to chew things. And that's the last thing in the world that you wanted. Uh, expensive sensor in the mouth. And then the kid bite on that. And then, you know, it's some additional cost to repair or to replace or whatever. When you use phosphoroplates, you don't have that issue. You don't need to be looking and looking at that cable and, and, and kind of looking at the face of the child and saying, Mentally, please, my friend, don't bite on this. Yeah. Please, yeah. my friend, don't chew at the cable. Yeah, and and you know, a lot of the KOLs that we talk to on these podcasts, <laughs> they, they address stress points in the office. They call them stressors. Um, you know, and the dental office can be, you know, a, a difficult place to work at times. As much as you want to have a great environment, there's difficult patients, there's difficult cases. Dentistry is a tough profession, and if you could eliminate some of these stressors and get really good results, I don't see why a practice wouldn't want to look into uh, PSPs. And again, I know you talk a lot about Scanex, which is an Air Techniques product, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. But we've heard excellent things about Scanex, and if you are interested in a PSP system, uh, I'm sure you uh, encourage people to look into the Scanex system just from your experience alone. Um, let, me, let me ask you this question, doctor. So you get a scanner because you need to have a scanner for these plates. So it's kind of like you're developing traditional film, but you're scanning these plates, then they're erasing the information on them so they could be ready for another patient. Do you have to buy more than one scanner if you continue to grow your practice? How does that work? Well, the, the answer to that question is depending on how many patients are you seeing at the same time, depending on your patient population, depending if you see adults and you take full mouth intraoral radiographs, uh, depending on all these factors, you may need a couple of processing stations or ScanX, or like in my case, I only have one, and um, and I don't have any problem. When I decide to take a radiograph, is because there is a big justification behind that. 
I usually never have the problem to have two or three patients waiting. And um, so I just have one and I work without any issues with just one ScanX system. So there's no real criteria for an office to say, well, we have only two chairs. We're a small practice. There's one dentist here. We're going to go with a sensor. And then another office is a much bigger practice, and they're going to go with PSP. So there's no real criteria that says, hey, depending on the size of your practice, you should go with one particular system. That's not the case? I don't think this is the case. However, uh, let me let me I tell you something. Sometimes what happens is, and this is one of the issues of the sensors, if you run a very a large office with a lot of active treatment dental chairs, and you decide to go with sensors, then you will need to buy multiple sensors. You will need to have, if you have five operatories or seven operatories, you probably will need to have seven sensors. You will need to have different sizes. And then that's a, it's expensive. And it's a, it's a expensive equipment and also very delicate equipment that you need to make sure that it's working correctly and people is taking care in the way that you're supposed to take care. On the other hand, with phosphoroplates, there are different processing stations with different capabilities of processing films uh, from two to four or even more than that. So the phosphoroplate is obviously a lot less expensive than the sensor. So you may actually, you have a very active practice with a lot of patients, a lot of workflow and a lot of people going in and out and patients going in and out. I probably will recommend, no question, phosphoroplates. More Uh, than the sensor system. Right. And the doctor shouldn't be worried about the additional time that's taken for the processing of these plates. Because you talked about there's less retakes with PSPs in general. And you talked about the reason for that in your previous podcast. But um, what what is the time frame that it takes to run a full mouth series through a scanner? Well, I don't run full mouth series, um, Phil. I don't do that just because my patient population... I usually, for a new patient exam, I take uh, two bite wins and I take a couple of periapicals. So usually in a five-year-old, the contacts in the back are closed. So I don't see the, there's no open contacts and I decide high carry risk. And I decide, okay, I need bite wins in an anterior occlusal, maxillary occlusal, mandibular occlusal. So I ended up taking about four to five films. It take me something in between four to seven minutes. Time is not a concern. Honestly, yeah. that's not a concern. Yeah, with all the benefits. And remember, we discussed this before, and I want to make the point again, because I, I believe very strongly, and I tell my residents and, and I tell my colleagues, when you use phosphoroplates, you pay more attention. The assistant pays more attention. The assistant will do every single step to make sure that that film is not going to be retaken, to make sure that that film is going to be at the top of the quality. Right. And then that is what you need it. Mm-hmm. What is the point to take a film that you may need to retake and will spend more time? Yeah. No. And you made a great point in the last podcast. The reason for that more stringent, diligent technique when the staff is taking these x-rays is because they don't have the satisfaction of almost an instantaneous image as they do with sensors. They may be a little bit on the sloppy side with the sensor because they know they can look at the image immediately and say, hmm, the angle's not great. Let's take that again. That's a retake. But with the... Yes. PSPs, they don't have the liberty and the uh, luxury, I should say, not the liberty, the luxury to see an instantaneous image. So what you're saying is, and I'm only repeating what you're saying for those of us, our listeners that didn't hear it in the other podcast, 
they're more stringent with their technique because they don't get the luxury of seeing it right away. So they have to make sure they do it right the first time. And we're talking about technique now. So that was a great point that you made in your previous podcast. I encourage all listeners to, to tap into those. Um, so to wrap up this podcast, my last question is, you have a unique story. You made a transition from conventional film to sensor, and then you finally settled with PSP, only using sensor less than 5% or at most 10% of the time in your practice. What was the learning curve in each of these transitions for your staff and for yourself? Well, um, I think so. the learning curve was smooth, easy, without any issues with the phosphoroplates. I had some bumps clearly when I decide to go into rectangular collimation, which rectangular collimation is not really related with phosphoroplates or related with sensors. But the day that I decide that my office will be 100% rectangular collimation, it was a pretty difficult learning curve because rectangular collimation, I know it sounds kind of, but rectangular collimation requires that the operator or the staff member who is taking the radiograph pay attention. Pay attention means they cannot be texting, they cannot be chatting with or talking with someone else. They need to be completely concentrated in taking the film. So the transition was more difficult when I decided to switch for rectangular collimation. I no issues in the transition with phosphoroplates. Uh, I have a staff members who used to work with conventional films, so I didn't uh, provide any additional training. The only training was how to place the phosphoroplates into the ScanX. That was the additional training and how to push a couple of buttons, and that's it. And uh, and again, with the sensors, and I start with sensors, it was a difficult learning curve. Um, I even, when I started to work with sensors, the company that I bought my sensor, I brought somebody, a trainer, just to stay the whole afternoon with my staff, telling my staff how to play that in the mouth, a couple of, um, how do you say, a couple of tricks, how mm -hmm. to do it. And so we spent the whole afternoon <laughs> trying to do it. And as soon as we have our first five-year-old sitting there, boom, again, two retakes and do it again. And the kid trying to uh, trying to gag. And so um, with, the, with the phosphoroplates, no problems in the transition. With the sensors, I need to say that was a little bit more difficult. With the rectangular collimation, which is something that I definitely, I would recommend to anybody who is practicing dentistry to use rectangular collimation. That's the single most effective way to decrease the amount of radiation in a dental office. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a hard transition. With the yeah. rectangular collimation, it's a hard transition. Yeah. No, great, great advice. Really appreciate your time. Dr. Yepes, again, as always, we want to thank our sponsor, Air Techniques, who uh, has a wonderful system out there called ScanX, and they have various options on those PSP technologies. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you, Phil.